Good Enough Mother podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, a sociologist and a mother, and my mission is to change how motherhood is culturally defined and individually experienced. I want women who are mothers to feel supported, empowered, held, revered, and respected. I have discussions here with experts and changemakers who want to expand the conversation that we're having about motherhood. Welcome to episode number 58, Alternatives to the Perfect Mother Myth. Reading out a new review, this is from Sarah, and she says, as a mum of two toddlers, a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl who, prior to children, was very outcome-focused, KPI-driven, I related so, so much to your podcast on the perfect child myth. I wish so much that this information was the norm of what was shared because social constructs of the perfect mother and the perfect child can be so damaging to both of these subjects. Yes, and Sarah, we connected through a workshop that I delivered recently for Nikki from the Dear Mama Project. And I'm so appreciative of you connecting with my work and for raising this point and for recognizing the interrelationship between these two concepts, right, of the perfect mother and the perfect child and how both can be so damaging and detrimental to each other. So if you're a listener and you haven't listened to that episode, scroll back and have a listen. And I really appreciate, as ever, leaving a review of the podcast and passing it on to anybody who you think may also be interested in tuning in. Now, the topic for this week, I had planned to talk about integrated motherhood for a little while now, but it's really apt actually to be having this conversation in the context of this week, because as some of you may know, I'm running my motherhood studies practitioner certification, my online course at the moment, and we're a little over halfway through and a conversation that has been coming up repeatedly and something we've been really sinking our teeth into discussing is our individual experiences actually of doing this work of examining our socialization into our culture and into patriarchal motherhood specifically is what I focus on and kind of having our perspectives broadened and opened in a new way and once they are opened it's like we can't unsee what we've seen that's been a common phrase that has been used and at first that can be quite exciting and that can invite possibilities and it can be invigorating, learning new information and new perspectives. But then there can also be this real sense of struggle, this real sense of disintegration or deconstruction and disorientation even. Because if we go back to the analogy that I use of motherhood being like the fish tank, patriarchal motherhood, where we're swimming around within the tank as the fish, as the people within our society. And most of us don't even know that we're within this tank. You know, things just are taken for granted as being natural and normal and just the way that things are. And then when we have these conversations, which I do in my work all the time, but if you're a brand new listener, it's an understanding that actually the culture and society that we live within has an enormous influence in shaping our experiences as mothers, in shaping our perceptions and understandings of what it means to be a mother within our society and culture. And when we become mothers, we enter into a particular social realm. So we go through changes, not only emotionally, we go through changes usually physically as well, changes in our relationships, changes likely in our experiences of paid work and our broader friendships and community, all of that. But we also go through an initiation of sorts into the role of being the mother 
and in a modern likely western but even beyond this a society that is based on tenets of individualization of neoliberalism of globalization this huge increase in technology that we've had the rise of intensive mothering ideology so this sense that our children must come before absolutely everything else their needs desires wants wishes and that the mother is the one who is responsible for shouldering all of that so not only the mothering of her children, so the actual child rearing, but she's also responsible for everything in the domestic realm. She's responsible for her partner and their emotional well-being if she has a partner. She's responsible for her broader community and being an active member of that community. Uh, we have expectations around friendships and, and the challenges that we can experience and even trying to negotiate and manage and maintain or strengthen or create friendships and relationships in the type of context that we're currently living in. And all of this has been exacerbated by the pandemic, of course. And then on top of that, too, there are expectations around paid work. So requirements you know, for many of us that you have to engage in paid work in some way. We don't have the level of choice in opting out in the ways that it can be framed. And part of being the so-called perfect mum or the good mum, I'm using air quotes here, part of that actually means being economically self-sufficient and to be able to support yourself financially while also living up to all of the expectations of being that perfect mum who has endless patience, who never even feels angry, let alone expresses anger, who is selfless, who is self-sacrificing, who puts others before her all of the time. And so when we're living within a particular cultural context of what it means to be a mother, and then we engage in this work and this process of examining that and putting language to that and questioning that and thinking about, well, how did being a mother look for generations previously? How could it look moving forward? Where can we create more choice here and freedom? Where are we being actually denied freedom of choice? And how is that related to the structures that we're living within? Um, and all of these kind of big questions it can be an awakening. It can be the birth of a new type of awareness and a, and a type of consciousness. It can also feel like a sense of falling, though. And that sense of falling, there can be a rush that comes from that. It can be a sense of liberation, a sense of freedom, a sense of opening of possibility and feeling into experiences and ways of being and perceiving and knowing ourselves that weren't previously accessible for us. But that can also feel really scary and destabilizing. And this is reflective, I think, of matrescence, the transition into motherhood more generally in that we're moving into this experience and it is so new and different and involves shifts and changes in every part of our being. And that can feel really exciting, but it can also be really destabilizing. And when we're in that process of either on our mothering journey in moving through a sense of creation of a new identity for ourselves, and I think the same process is relevant in moving through this work of understanding motherhood socially and coming to a place where we are able to start teaching this to others as well, that when we're falling, or we're moving through or we're crashing through layers that we haven't previously even known to exist, we can reach out to want to anchor ourselves, to grab hold of something, to attach ourselves to something, 
to reach for certain things. And sometimes these things can be ideologies. So reaching out to grab onto attachment parenting, to gentle parenting, to a particular way of being, you know, when it comes to all of the dichotomies that we're funneled into in motherhood, because we're also looking for a sense of belonging. We're looking for people who share similar values to us. We're looking for others who we can connect in with, who are experiencing the same shifts. You know, we, we want to be seen and to be heard and to feel a sense of belonging. And how we move through that experience is also mediated by other things such as our other life contexts and circumstances. Are we a single parent? Do we have a disability? Does our child have a disability? Have we just lost our job? I mean, all of these other socioeconomic factors play a huge role in how we experience this moving through this process of our own evolution. And we can kind of be funneled in different ways according to who we are connected with and what resources we have access to. But we want to look alongside us. We want to see others who are on a similar journey. We want reassurance that we're not alone. And this is really important. And this is why we need community. And this is why we're not meant to mother alone. And this is why we need to have more conversations about this process and to understand that motherhood is socially constructed and it is more complex than what we are led to believe. And it is not just this innate natural process that we should be able to undergo without challenge in our culture. You know, when we go into the experience expecting it to be a particular way and for it to come naturally to us and easily. And and when it perhaps doesn't, then we can feel the weight of a responsibility on our shoulders for that alone. You know, what didn't we do well enough? What didn't we prepare for? And so on. So Yes, this this is really important, but part of what I want to speak to here is that sometimes we can grab hold of something that we feel is helpful or where we find a sense of belonging or we find a sense of alignment or we see another who we're inspired by and we want to replicate or move closer towards. Sometimes we can form a level of attachment that actually becomes disconnecting for us. So it can kind of do the opposite to what we're intending or hoping for it to do. It can become a shield. It can become a mask, a new mask, right? And this is part of what we've been speaking about in the certification to go, okay, if we want to advocate for new ways of mothering, if we want to change the cultural construction and conversation of motherhood in our society and we want to call out patriarchal motherhood then let's also be really mindful of what alternatives we're setting up or creating or pointing to and some examples of this uh, my membership is called liberated motherhood so liberated motherhood is one of them i have a module in the certification on empowered mothering is another we can talk about rebellious mothering we can talk about uh, quote-unquote bad mothering you know, and kind of using humor and parody around that. We can talk about outlaw mothering. That's a term from Professor Andrew O'Reilly. We can talk about other mothering. We can put lots of different labels and phrases um, which we, we search for, right, in order to attach meaning because we need language in order to be able to access concepts and 
build understanding. But I'm also really mindful of not creating another pedestal to measure ourselves up against. So instead of focusing on trying to be that perfect mom and to do it all and to be it all and to feel constantly guilty for not being enough and never being enough and striving for more and and on and on we go. Okay, if we can call that out and we can understand that and we can deconstruct that, okay, being careful that we haven't put on the pedestal what we have framed as being its opposite. Because that can also start to feel and be restrictive in similar ways to what we have been initially resisting. And so interestingly, and, and I'm still working with all of this and, and thinking this through, that sometimes when we build attachment to a particular way of not being, that can actually become a self-fulfilling trap that can create a sense of restriction and an almost encasing of ourselves in a particular way of thinking or being or ideology or group. And that can perpetuate a disconnection from ourselves and potentially others. And looking at a more tangible example of this, if you've found a particular, it may have been you know, a play group or an online group or community that you initially felt as though was sort of a safe haven for you, a place where you found your people, so to speak, a sense of connection. And if we've attached ourselves really strongly to that and even have brought it in as being part of our identity now, that's how we identify, that's the language we use to name ourselves. Then if we feel any sense of fragmentation or fracturing within or from that group and we don't feel like we belong anymore or we don't feel like we're good enough to call ourselves that anymore or we don't feel as though we can actually live out the practices that we have been valuing and have enshrined as the way that we should be being a parent, then that can be perhaps even more painful than the initial process of feeling a lack of belonging or not enoughness and reaching out or seeking support. And so then how do we talk about mothering in a new way, in a way where we are deconstructing a certain way of being and experiencing and knowing and understanding of ourselves and the world around us? Because it's through that disintegration that that is required, right? And that is daunting and that can feel overwhelming and disorienting. But then it's also about well, what's on the other side of that? How can we move forward in this experience and support other mothers in doing the same in a way that doesn't rely on the dichotomizing of our experience, if that's a word, <laughs> on creating more binaries for us so that we can find a sense of comfort and solace in being able to neatly tie a ribbon around the definition of who we are. And part of this is, is knowing that sometimes we might just not be ready for that yet. Sometimes it feels safer and more comfortable to not go there yet. And sometimes what we are needing to prioritize is our safety and our comfort over our quote unquote growth, you know, 
And so when we are moving forward with that, though, and this feels like a conversation that we're willing to lean into and to have and that we want to explore, then it's to remember that this is ultimately a conversation around identity, purpose and self-worth, and to know that we have an incredible capacity to create and recreate to rethink, to reconsider, to reconstruct and to come back to ourselves ultimately to remember that there is no one right way to do this and how it's going to look is going to feel different for every single person but there is also this thread of connection that is woven throughout the experiences of, of mothering and particularly the experiences of motherhood within the, the culture that you're living within. And how I have started to think about this is in terms of an integrated version of motherhood or an integrated sense of motherhood, which is around, if we think about the definition of integrate, it's to combine one thing with another to form a whole combining or coordinating separate elements of that. So it's about providing an harmonious and interrelated whole, which is not the same as a perfect whole, which is not the same as a whole that does not have any flaws, right? It's actually required that we have that complexity is built into and integrated into our experience and our recognition and definition of who we are. So how can we integrate the different demands that we're facing? How can we weave things in, in a way that we can hold? I think it starts from the inner and then it moves out with compassion and recognition that we will be placed differently in terms of the level of resources, insight and support that we're able to have access to at this stage and season of our experiences. And for holding this in mind when we're supporting other mothers through this experience too. In order to integrate, we need to uncover the parts of ourselves that are here and then think about what we want to amplify and what we want to release. So here are some questions that came to mind when thinking about this process that you might like to reflect on. What stories am I attaching to my motherhood? In what ways do I connect my motherhood with my sense of worthiness? Where do I feel most alive and energized and lit up in my life and in my mothering? What is draining of my energy? Where is my energy leaking and where is it being sucked away? What used to light me up prior to becoming a mum and why? And can I take that why and connect it with a how now? How can I bring more of myself into my motherhood? And how does integrating parts of myself beyond or through my motherhood actually contribute to enriching my motherhood? Because so much of the way that patriarchal motherhood is set up and the perfect mother myth is set up, I think it actually blocks and robs us of our capacity to fully know and experience ourselves. And therefore it does this for our children too. We can challenge the dichotomies that we face. We can challenge the binaries, the either ors, by replacing that all with an and and by accepting and embracing ambivalence. By knowing that the perfect mother myth 
pushes us into those dichotomies, but we can't integrate when we're living within dichotomies. We can't integrate when we're being asked to constantly go down one pathway and not the other, when we're split between good and bad. The perfect mother, she's not integrated. She's fragmented and one-dimensional because in order to try and live up to the perfect mother myth, we have to cut away parts of ourselves that are authentic and whole because they're complex and messy. And that's not what the perfect mother is as she's enshrined within patriarchal culture. And so when we recognize that split that may be happening, when we bring consciousness to that, when we don't make it wrong, we can start to integrate an acceptance and an expectation of ambivalence. Rosika Parker, who I've probably mentioned before on this podcast in the uh, episode on ambivalence, she said that it's through embracing ambivalence that a mother is able to grow herself, actually. All of this is part of our mothering of our children. It's not in spite of it. It's not separate to it. It's integrated as part of our experience and through going through these processes and asking ourselves these types of questions and engaging in this type of content, I believe, is enriching for our children. It's a gift to them and our experience of mothering them can provide an incredibly powerful catalyst for our own expansion, to expand our identities, to develop new insights about ourselves and each other, the world around us, to increase our relational capacity and concern for others, so to deepen connection and our capacity for connection, and to literally be shaping the future through our children, being able to be in connection and relationship with these new human beings who we have helped to create is such a privilege and an honor and to know that we get to re-know and relearn ourselves and who we are through that relationship as well so it's a big topic it's it's complex and I really appreciate you being here with me as I am also wading through this because I have a recognition that in order to actually evolve as a mother myself and as somebody who studies motherhood and supports other mothers and supports people who are supporting mothers, that that actually requires the constant rethinking and evolution of our own thinking, which means coming into deeper connection with ourselves and those around us and expanding our understanding of what being a mother can mean in the societies and cultures that we find ourselves within. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your commitment to showing up for yourself. Thank you for you giving and offering me your time in listening to this podcast. I could not do this work without your support and I can't say thank you enough. I hope you've resonated with something from today's episode. If you're a mother who would like to take these conversations further, consider joining my private membership group, Liberated Motherhood. Or if you're somebody who works with mothers, then check out my Motherhood Studies Practitioner Certification. You can find more details about these at my website and reach out and connect at drsophiebrock.com.